Hello, mummers, and welcome back to episode two in our three-part Vegas Nerve series with the wonderful Dr. Carrie Rigoni. Today, we're talking all about how to improve your vagal tone. Enjoy. Hey, mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's pregnancy with physio. And welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. We are after episode two in our three-part Vegas Nerve series with the wonderful Dr. Carrie Rigoni, who is our wonderful chiropractor and passionate about all things vagal nerve health. Now, if you haven't listened to episode one, I do encourage you to listen to that first because that talks about what is the vagus nerve? I think it's hard to come into this topic if you've never heard of the vagus nerve before, it's all a bit new to you. Go back and listen to episode one, get a good understanding of what we're talking about because today is a bit more practical. It's all about the tools and the tips and the things that you can do to improve your vagal nerve tone so that our nervous systems are a little bit more regulated. So in today's episode, we discuss what environmental factors affect the vagus nerve, how improving diet and stress can improve your vagal tone, how chronic childhood stress can contribute to vagal nerve issues in adults, signs that you may have low vagal tone, treatment tools to start toning your vagus nerve and regulating your nervous system today, the importance of increasing your nervous system battery, and practical tools such as chest compressions, gratitude, and anchoring, which are all things that I've started implementing in my life since I've had this chat with Carrie. So I know you're going to get a lot of practical tools and tips out of today's episode. And if you do, please come on over to at PhysioLaura on my social media and let me know on this podcast post what you got out of today's episode, what practices you may already be practicing or what you're going to bring into place to help tone that vagal nerve, to help yourself be more regulated calmer, more peaceful, responding better to stressful situations, please come and let me know. I love hearing your feedback. And if you love Carrie and what she's about and you want to learn more about this topic, please go and visit her at Dr. Carrie Rigoni on Instagram, Dr. And if you want to access all these episodes at once and you want to see the bonus content, which is that vagal tone questionnaire, that simple questionnaire you fill in, which tells you where you are at with your vagal tone, a really easy way to identify if you have any problems. That is all inside my online membership, The Pregnancy Post that bonus content is free for all members we have our amazing weekly workouts we have over 100 q a's with myself i answer all of your burning questions there's an epic community forum and literally a hand holding guided from the moment you pee on a stick all the way through to you give birth tailored workouts you don't have to think in pregnancy I tell you every single week what do you need to know how do you need to move your body what pelvic floor exercises do you need to do so if you are looking to reduce your mental load as we talk about in this series jump on in check it out let me know what you think that is my baby that is something I've put my heart and soul into over the last four years and I'm very proud of it Thousands of women have come through this program with the most amazing feedback. So if that is something you're seeking out, more guidance, more support, less mental load, go and check out thepregnancypositive.com. You can trial it for seven days. Otherwise, mamas, enjoy this episode and I'll see you all soon. Coming back to like dysregulation of the vagus nerve. So signs that your vagus nerve is maybe undertoned, if you want to call it that, or maybe dysregulated. You mentioned digestion, I think, was a problem and that women would feel like they can't calm down. Mm -hmm. 
what other factors can maybe affect vagus nerve health and what would you call it health is that what how do you refer to it if it's not functioning well what other factors tone yeah tone. okay so what other factors may affect vagus nerve tone because then we're going to talk about what things you can do to improve that tone so two the two biggest factors in the research that impact vagal tone are number one cortisol which is stress hormone so chronic stress we're talking here you know when you're you're never giving your nervous system a break um, and you're constantly in that fight or flight so it's kind of I, I need to touch on two different versions of this because sometimes we're in fight or flight from childhood maybe our childhood experiences have caused us to stay in that state long enough that it does become our familiar so it's not always a case of it's definitely our our hustle culture but we also then experience it again when we leave school or uni or whatever and expected to get a job and work hard and study and all of the things. So there's kind of like two hallmark times in our life where we push our cortisol really high and it's the pushing through. It's the not, not stopping and being like, okay, I've, um, you know, I'm pushing really hard. I'm going to give myself a break or, you know, understanding that we can activate our vagus nerve to help us even regulate in stressful moments so some some mums might be like well I've never you know maybe you left uni or school or whatever and you've had a really chill life and you're like oh I've still been in fight or flight like I've I can't get out of it anyway and then you may want to reflect on whether you've been in that state since childhood Mm. but in reality any prolonged period of high cortisol whenever that was in your life um that that starts to tell the vagus nerve to work less so that decreases the tone of the vagus nerve and because it's the break on the system once that decreases then you've got the sympathetic fight or flight just taking over it just naturally happens mm. so you like kind you of said, if, if you're so used to that you wouldn't even recognize that that's problematic until maybe you're getting physical illness or physical symptoms like digestion problems and things like that just to butt in for a second, because I was just thinking when you were talking about childhood, I read a book recently and it was um, a psychologist who was dealing with kids in like a war-torn country who were seeing pretty significant traumatic events. And then he worked with them for years and years and then he came over to the UK, I believe, and he was working with like middle-class children at school. And he was noticing the same symptoms presenting and he was working out why do these kids present like they've had trauma when they haven't, you know? And he realized that childhood these days, because we are really overscheduled, kids are bombarded with school hours and homework and extracurricular activities and screen time. And, you know, like they're not given the childhood that maybe they used to have, that a lot of kids are presenting with forms of PTSD and you know, stress disorders at the moment because of this overscheduling. And I just thought that was interesting to note because it doesn't on paper look like trauma or stress, Mm. but that could very easily be carried into adulthood without you ever recognizing that that to your body could be stressful. Yeah. You know, where we get these stories about ourselves from our childhood. Oh, that's just me. You know, I can't sit still on the mat. So I'm a bad child. And it's like, no, actually, you're just five and you're not supposed yeah, to sit you're still. You're developmentally on the mat. appropriate. Yeah. 
But, you know, that's that's how it starts. And yeah. I think that starts for a lot of us like that. And the more we that story is reinforced, the more our nervous system follows. So it becomes our natural state. And then, um, you know, I just did a post on this um, the other day, actually, on Instagram. It's like it starts as a behavior or a response to an incident. And we just think that it's part of us we don't realize that the nervous system is actually dysregulated. Yeah. percent. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of why I pulled back on the scheduling for myself, but also because my kids weren't coping very well and I could see they were getting super frustrated and they weren't regulated. And I was like, I don't need to have, they don't need to have a busy life. That's not helpful for them right now. So yeah, it was really cool to recognize that they were stressed again. Mm. I just, I think my whole concept of stress has changed. I used to think stress was these big big events that happen to you, but I've come to realize it's the micro stresses that often are the ones that are problematic. So yeah, I just wanted to mention that about the childhood. So Mm. you're saying the cortisol obviously can affect that vagal tone. What other factors may affect the vagal tone? The other big one is inflammation. And that's pretty broad because, um, you know, different things are going to affect everybody's body differently. Um, But that could be from food intolerances, that could be from a gut, um, you know, like a gut microbial imbalance. Maybe you've got some unhelpful bacteria or parasites, et cetera, that are causing some inflammation. Um, a really big source of inflammation in kids, which I'll just drop in because we we're just talking about kids, is airway dysfunction. You know, if your child is open mouth breathing and not um, and snoring and not getting good quality um, oxygenation to the brain, then that's also really inflammatory. So interesting. I'm just going to go sideways for a tiny bit because I'm just wondering, I can't imagine anyone walks into your clinic and says, hey, Carrie, I have a vagus nerve problem. Can you help me with it? <laughs> so for women, because the women listening to this podcast are in that pre-postnatal period, what, what are they presenting with? What, what's the classic woman? What are they coming in saying that they're struggling with? Um, a lot of women come in with uh, mental health concerns so anxiety depression um concerns that they can't regulate themselves and their kids are bothering them too much Mm. um but they've gotten to the point they recognize that they need to improve themselves not fix or change their child um I do get a lot of people who have heard me on a podcast (laughs) and been like I do have a Vegas problem. So <laughs> I feel I like most people get... listening would be, yep, hands up, slight <laughs> dysregulation over here. <laughs> um, or there's there's a subset of women that are like, you know what, I know there's something wrong. I don't feel right, but I don't know what it is. My GP says I'm fine. Like I can't find the answers I'm looking for. Please, can, can you help me? Yeah, for sure. Mm. So let's talk about treatment then. So this woman has walked in and said all of these things. Where do you even start on trying to improve that vagus health or that vagus tone? Yeah, Um, because the nervous system is so interconnected and we know that the vagus nerve does not work in isolation. um, The first thing that I actually do in practice is work out if there's anything causing it to be low tone that we can affect, such as high cortisol or chronic stress patterns, um, any source of inflammation in the body. Mm. Um, And then we go about clearing that. Now, as a chiro, um, one of the things that 
one of the premises I work on is that if your body is not moving optimally, particularly against gravity, which sends messages into our nervous system. So our, our, our nervous system uses our body versus gravity to tell us where we are in space. Now, if our body and brain are not in working um, efficiently together and our brain is constantly wondering where our body is in space, then this is a stressor in and of itself. So I do do body work in practice to support optimal movement and um, optimal nervous system integration into the brain to say, hey, this is where my body is. Mm. Um, now, a simple way to challenge whether you have um, your brain can perceive where your body is in space is to remove vision. So if you stand up and put your feet together and try and balance and close your eyes, if you're really wobbly, then chances are there are things we can do to Im improve how your body's communicating with your brain just on a structural level. I'm going to try that after the podcast. <laughs> I was just thinking about um, that. That is so true. Like whenever my, particularly my middle daughter, is emotionally nervous system dysregulated is always when she falls over thin air or, you know, like, bites her tongue or just does these like super random you're like that's the last thing you need right now is to have gone and headbutted the wall but of course you did and I remember someone saying that yeah you're more likely to trip fall stumble you know your body your physical body is not going to be as coordinated and your proprioception is not as great when your nervous system is dysregulated so it all blends in together you really can't separate the two can you like mm. body work always is going to be a part of that, isn't it? So you eliminate the inflammation or the high stress situations because obviously there's no point working on vagal tone if the, the same input stressor inflammation is still there because you're Correct. really just fighting a losing battle. So you've worked through that. You've done some body work. Mm -hmm. What do you do next? Then we activate the vagus nerve. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two ways we do this. I do... Um, you know, I have a couple of fun tools that I use in practice. You know, there's like a vibration tool that vibrates at a specific frequency that stimulates the vagus nerve. Um, and I um, use kinesio tape to um, stimulate particular branches of the vagus nerve, depending on where you put it on the body. Um, so there's stuff that I do in practice physically. And there's things that I send mums home to do daily because you know it's like retraining a muscle you can't just do it once we've got to really rework those connections but then on the other side what we do is go through a process of actually increasing I call it your um you know the size of your inner battery so if you've been running on fumes for a really long time then chances are your inner battery is really small and so we not only want to make it full, which is the self-care stuff, but we want to see if we can increase the size of that battery. So it takes a lot more to knock you over mm. and it, it's easier for you to get back up. Mm, I love um, so it's kind of some physical stuff and then some inner stuff. So the stuff I would do around um, increasing the size of the inner battery, um, which is in terms of the vagus nerve, what it's doing is it's just increasing those connections, particularly from conscious brain into subconscious brain. So we're using our consciousness and our body to start activating and working better together. Um, and so it, 
it allows the vagus nerve to kick in faster. So, you know, we, when you're first starting, it can feel really hard and like your vagus nerve is not working and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be feeling, but I'm not feeling anything or I feel worse, etc. But once it, it kicks in and it's like, oh yeah, I see what you're doing here. And I like that. I want more of that. <laughs> that feels good. Then we want you to be able to kick into it without having to go off and meditate for half an hour in a quiet room. You know, we want these tools for, you know, we want them, you to be able to activate it in the moment. You know, you've, you're cooking dinner, you've got a kid hanging on your leg and another child, maybe like your daughter is just like bit her tongue. <laughs> she's, she's really dysregulated. Um, and you're at your wits end because it's the end of the day. We want you to be able to kick that in without having to even leave that environment and then regulate yourself. And then you can regulate your kids. I'm loving that analogy so much. So that's just already feeling good in my body to listen to this big battery inside of you because I think a big factor in why a lot of people feel that maybe that calm regulated nervous system is so far from where they are is because it probably feels like they need to meditate for half an hour or have an hour of stillness to themselves to be able to. And I remember being in a place where I went to the beach one morning and I meditated for like, 25 minutes and then I was like yeah good you know I'm calm I'm gonna go home and I came home and within honestly two or three minutes I was like I need to leave again mm-hmm. yeah. and I just remember thinking this is not sustainable I can't just go to the beach every time I get overwhelmed yeah <laughs> half an hour I need something that's more sustainable something that's easier to access and I, I know so many women will feel the way um, that I felt. And I think that's just really cool to show women that you can increase the size of that battery so that you don't have to spend half an hour regulating again, that you can quickly access that. And you just keep working on it. Like you said, it's a muscle, you know, that you just keep flexing and it will get stronger. So I think, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's really awesome to know. And also when you were saying about like the end of the day, when um, (laughs) I had this moment last night and I know that everyone will resonate with it. My husband plays footy. So I solo parent for the, you know, bath bed routine two nights a week. It's pretty full on, but I need to go to the toilet. You know, God forbid, couldn't hold on any longer. (laughs) And I was sitting on the toilet while one child was trying to attack the toilet brush. So I'm like trying to fend her off from getting toilet gross water everywhere. The other child is demanding I get off straight away because she needs to wee. And the other one was flicking the light on and off. So we go from pitch black (laughs) to full light, pitch black. And I'll tell you what, it pushed me. I was like, big breaths, Laura, big breaths, big breaths. <laughs> I was like, whoo, motherhood. Like it's such uh, a ride, isn't it? It's such a ride. Like I know so, so many women will be like, I feel that deeply. But how cool <laughs> if we could still laugh about it or be regulated or, you know, notice ourselves creeping into, oh, I'm not feeling great, but then know how to pull ourselves back. I just think that's a superpower. And I'm, yeah, I'm so glad you're sharing this with mm-hmm. us because I think that's super cool. So how, how do we do that? How do we get ourselves these big batteries? How do we allow ourselves the ability to switch back into regulation quickly? Like what other exercises could women do today to start working on that? Yeah, look, the biggest thing that we need to do is become more self-aware of what's triggering us. So um, I talk to my coaching clients a lot about big leaks, which we're all aware of, things that leak us immediately. But we want to start noticing the little leaks. And they're much easier to plug 
than a big leak. Like by the time we have a giant leak, you know, maybe if it's a bucket and the whole bottom's fallen out and all the water's gushed out, like there's no stopping it. <laughs> a tiny little leak, we can just chuck something over that. So step one is always just sitting back and reflecting on where those little leaks happen in your day and trying to plug them before they all accumulate into the end of the day snap or you know you you need to have that wine because you've just you're not coping anymore um you know whatever you do at the end of the day that you don't <laughs> you feel chocolate. like it's a sign of so much chocolate <laughs> dysregulation but yeah yeah so so really that's number one is number one what are my small leaks could you give an example of that what someone's small leaks might look like um yep so one of my small leaks is um when I'm trying to get my kids ready to go to school and I have to repeat myself 10,000 times and still they've forgotten half of the things that they're supposed to take to school. Um, and we, like our garage is sort of on floor, on the ground floor, but our living area is on floor level one, I guess. So I hate having to go up and down the stairs a thousand times. So for me, that's a moment where I can go, okay, I feel really dysregulated and flustered and really frustrated at my kids. I can either let that frame my whole day or I can just stop for one minute and regulate myself and then have an enjoyable school drop off. <laughs> And th that will flow into the rest of the day. So that might be a big leak for other people. But for me, that's a, a small leak that if I plug, it doesn't ruin my day and it doesn't make me frustrated every tiny little thing that my children do. Like, you know, you pick them up from school and they're already throwing their school uniform all over the floor and um, their lunchbox hasn't been eaten. And you're like, I went to so much effort. And, you know, it's just like, oh, okay, you know. They, yeah. they haven't eaten their lunchbox. It's no big deal. <laughs> because you haven't let that morning issue leak over into the rest of the day. So is it also something that practically you would identify as, okay, Carrie, you know that the morning routine can bother you. So let's, I don't know what you might do, but, you know, pack their bags, have them sitting at the top of the stairs. So all they have to do is carry one bag down. Or, you know, something like that. Would you also practically put steps in place to make sure that, Instead of you just going, I'm calm about this, I'm calm about this, you know, you <laughs> absolutely, also, yeah. yeah, okay, cool, yeah, that's good to know. So, when I start, um, when I get clients to start activating their vagus nerve, I actually get them to do it in a moment when they're feeling good to start with. So, they're already feeling a little bit regulated, and I call it dropping the anchor. So, it's like hey, nervous system, I'm going to drop an anchor here because I like how this feels. I feel really regulated already mm. and I'm going to strengthen it while it's already activated mm. as opposed to starting the process. Maybe you're listening going, cool, I'm going to do some stuff. Um, but starting the process in the middle of trying to get the kids ready for school because it's so much harder to shift your nervous system, particularly if it's used to being in fight or flight. It's going to be like, dude, why are you trying to get me to calm down? I've got to do all this stuff right now. Mm. Whereas if you drop the anchor when you feel good, then eventually with time, you're going to increase that inner battery 
the size and then you're going to go into the school the school run um already more regulated you know you've already got more capacity before you snap mm. so I think it's a really powerful thing to activate when you're feeling really good so not only noticing the things that trigger you and the small leaks but also notice the little things that make you feel really good like those moments when you are laughing at your kids and looking at them like how did I make you you're amazing you know going oh okay I'm gonna I'm gonna drop an anchor on this this is really cool yeah yeah I love that so when you say drop an anchor is that what what exactly do you mean by that like is that actually doing an exercise or is that uh, like practicing gratitude or what what sort of things is someone doing when they're dropping anchors in these good moments when they start so that's really um, a personal choice. You can do a physical practice if you want. So one that's really easy to do. Um, I do have a reel on it on my Instagram as well. Um, if you want to look at it visually, but just placing your fingertip deep pressure on your chest bone, anywhere on the chest bone, it doesn't matter where, and you just press and you hold. Yeah, that feels good. And usually you have a sigh, you might yawn, you might just feel like a oh, like a release in your nervous system. It just comes down a notch. Mm. Um, and I mean, the stronger your vagus, the quicker you'll get it. So if you try that after listening today and you don't feel anything, that's also really normal when you're starting. Um, but that's um, any pressure on your chest is actually a, uh, it sends a safety message to your nervous system because we have so many vital organs behind there. And we're saying, hey, like you're safe. This is, you're safe to calm down. So that's a really lovely physical practice that I love to do. Um, In terms of gratitude, I also really love gratitude um, or appreciation, you know, those kind of um, really renewing feelings that just feel really good. Um, The key is actually to not think about it with our rational brain. That's usually where we store it. We store it up there. What we need to do is embody it and be mm. and actually feel it, like recognize how that feels in your body. Mm. And that actually starts the process of that bottom up going, hey, vagus nerve, I'm feeling really grateful or really appreciative. These are really positive, like um, lovely emotions. And I feel really safe in this moment. And that's going to send messages up into your brain. So it's really less about, ticking the box of like, oh yeah, I can think of something I'm grateful for today, but actually really embodying it and feeling it in your body. Mm, I love that. Um, Any others? (laughs) They're probably the two quickest and easiest ones that I recommend. Um, Yeah, I I would probably start with those two. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. When I put my fingers on my chest before, I thought, oh, this does feel really good. There is, yeah, a real feeling not a cortical feeling like a body feeling of that feels calming straight away so I think I'm definitely going to start the chest one and I often talk to my husband about the difference between I say gratitude every day but there's a very big difference between saying it and feeling it Mm. a remarkable difference to be up here saying I am grateful for x y and z versus oh I am so grateful for like it's a market difference yeah and so it is really nice I guess I never thought about it it's always just come organically to me that 
today I feel grateful, whereas today I, you know, in my head I'm grateful. But I guess it's cool to work on the feeling, like, you know, fostering that feeling, bringing that feeling about yourself rather than just waiting for those moments when you just organically do feel it. So I love that. Yeah, thank you so much. And, you know, you can combine those two too. You know, if you feel like they're both pretty easy to do, some people find embodying gratitude really, um, really daunting, um, especially if it's not something you've been encouraged, particularly from childhood. Um, So that can be a challenge enough just to start feeling the gratitude in your body. Mm. Um, And that's why I like I won't share any more in-depth things because that can be like much harder. You might only be able to feel that for five or 10 seconds Mm. before your body goes, oh, not too much. Or, you know, I don't I don't feel familiar anymore. That's an uncomfortable feeling. So you need to like kind of grow that muscle. But you could. Um, you know, if you're struggling to embody that gratitude, you can try while you're also doing the chest pressure, you know, create the physical safety and then work on the emotional safety. They don't have to be completely separate um, things. You can kind of just, yeah, do what works. Mm, I love that. Now I've heard you mention a couple of other things. I'm just curious to know if you recommend these as well, but, and, or maybe you could explain the rationale behind these, but I've heard you mention gazing into the distance and Uh gargling and cold water. So are they also things that you can try to tone the nerve? And if so, what's the rationale behind that? Yep, they work slightly different to the exercises I've just um, shared in that um, gargling, et cetera, is just a complete activation of the vagus nerve. So... The reason they're great, but if you have things that are telling your vagus nerve to not work Mm. and you have, say, inflammation in your body or, um, you know, some childhood trauma that is keeping you in this fight or flight state, then you can gargle all you want, but you're not going to see a big shift. You've got, to, you've got to first have the capacity of the vagus nerve to activate before you activate it. Mm. So all of those things are just specifically things that the vagus nerve um, has a big role in playing. So the more we do it, the more it activates the vagus nerve. Okay. Um, but it's only going to activate it within its own capacity. Yeah. So it's like a plan C, like first remove the harm or the stressor then do the chest press and the gratitude. And then they're like the extras or the add-ons that you can do after that. Um, and I was just thinking about, cause you mentioned sighing before is singing of a similar, uh, like notion to sighing. Is that good at activating the vagus nerve? Yeah. Singing is really wonderful at activating the vagus nerve. Yeah. And I think there's this whole, um, you know, this whole idea, even just like, you know, singing in a group, in a choir and how everyone's regulating off each other as well um, can be really powerful for the vagus nerves. So if singing alone isn't working for you, but you love it, then you may want to try singing in a group and getting that benefit of the co-regulation that's happening from others. Yeah. And maybe that's why, because I love live music, maybe that's why gigs are so feel good because you got a whole people you know I'm sure there's other reasons too but a whole heap of people in the one room singing 
with each other. I think that's really cool. I know when I read recently that with kids, if you sing, like that's super regulating for them. And I was thinking you can rarely sing in a bad mood. Like you would never sing when you're feeling (laughs) grumpy or angry. Like you sing when you feel light and happy and calm. And yeah, that's something I have been thinking of recently is like, I would like to bring more music and song into our house and sing more. I think everyone seems to be feeling heaps better when I do that in our house. So Mm. I just wanted to to ask that so that other people might be able to include that in their day as well. And, you know, you feel better when like you hear music too. Um, So I just feel like it's a feel good bubble to get into more vocals using your voice. Um, Sighing as well is something I've read recently is really powerful for our nervous system. Like you mentioned, I was just thinking about how we perceive sighing as really rude in society. Like rarely would anyone sigh and you would go, oh, you seem so calm. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, yeah. am I boring you? Why are you sighing? But yeah. I, I've been trying to sigh a little bit more as well, just to ah, let go. And it's been working really well for me. So again, that might be something that the listeners want to try, some singing and some sighing. So mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. I think that's a really good starting base for women to start to feel better, to start to activate that vagus nerve and tone that nerve and charge that battery, increase that battery. I think that's really powerful. Hello, mamas. I really hope that you love that episode. If you're like me, you really love practical tools and tips. Like tell me, Carrie, what are the things I can do today to improve my vagal tone, to regulate my nervous system? And like I mentioned earlier, I have been practicing some of these, particularly the chest compressions and the gratitude, which I was already doing a little bit of the gratitude, but really trying to tone that nerve so that when I can feel myself going into that sympathetic fight or flight, I can pull the brakes on it quicker. I don't spiral out of control like I would have in the past. I'm much better at bouncing back into regulation. And it's really cool to see those changes. It's really cool to know that once I'm, I used to feel like once I was spiraling, I was done, you know, like I kind of had to sleep it off or like physically go and change my environment. But now I feel like I have the tools and I have the strength and the tone to be able to pull myself back in. And don't get me wrong, I'm not perfect, but I just think these practices are really powerful, particularly for mothers, because motherhood, it's a ride, right? Like it is such a trip. And I think it is so hard There's so many tiny little demands and stimulations and noise and chaos and our nervous systems are assaulted on the daily. So if we can have tools and tips to help us regulate the family dynamic, I think is just so much more peaceful. So come and jump over to my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know what you got out of today's episode. Maybe what practices you're going to start putting in place to help regulate your nervous system better. I always love to hear from you. And if you love what Carrie's about, she has a great Instagram that you can learn more about this topic. Go and follow her at drdrcarriregoni and you can learn more from her. And if you want to connect with me further, learn from me, get guidance and support throughout your pregnancy and not have to be questioning things, going down the Google rabbit hole, the mental spiral of, am I doing the right thing? Am I going to get a prolapse? Am I doing the right pelvic floor exercises? Is this exercise going to make my pelvic pain worse? You know what I'm talking about, mama. (laughs) Come and join me inside the pregnancy posse. It is all 
guided week by week throughout your pregnancy it's taking all the mental load off i can hold your hand the entire way i'm really responsive with all the members inside there personally answering all your questions i don't want you to feel alone that's for sure so we've got enough on our plates let's not have to question every single thing we do during pregnancy so come and join me if that sounds like a good fit for you you can find out more at thepregnancyposse.com or you can trial it for seven days and mummers coming up in episode three make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on its release we're going to be talking how the vagus nerve is impacted and influences the prenatal period so we're going to specifically be taking this information and applying it to pregnancy birth and postpartum so really stay tuned for that one that's going to be super relevant so i'll catch you all soon i hope you're having a wonderful day Mm -hmm.